This is a Baby Brunch podcast. If the car is too high or too low, getting him in and out of that car seat is exhausting. So I was always like, I want a car that is like level to my sort of midriff where I can just put him in and take him out. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollient moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with Epimax. We're about to give you the coolest podcast ever. If you are watching our videos, the lady with the biggest, coolest headphones in the house is Juliet Maguire, <laughs> motoring journalist <laughs> of the world and the stars. How are you? I'm fine. I'm feeling a little bit ridiculous in these. I don't know if I can pull them off. I think you can. Listen, it's probably <laughs> worth it to just explain our situations this afternoon. So when we recorded this podcast and when we recorded this video, this is what was happening in our homes exactly. So I'll give you the lowdown in my house. So we have three dogs, a Jack Russell, a uh, Labrador and a Bulldog. We've got seven hamsters. And then just before my husband fetched my little one at school, uh, someone's dog got out and he loaded the dog in their car. So now I've got someone's dash in here. But when I saw her, I oh thought, why is she so afraid? And it's because she's really old. <laughs> she, she's oh not afraid. Gosh, like it's just, a zoo. I know. It's just the way she looks, right? My daughter is oh. at home and we have to double check for meningitis in two days. So that's oh. my... So while I'm wearing full makeup doll, my lashes are falling out though. My house is freaking chaos at the moment. Um, it would be. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Juliet McGuire. I'm fine. Although, so, I mean, I don't know whose situation is worse. Well, I know in Cape Town, we see city, I'm sitting with the tra- taxi strikes at the moment. So I feel, I hate even saying it sometimes because I just think I should be able to just get on with it. But I haven't had my nanny here since Thursday last week. She also helps me keep my house in order and I can tell she hasn't been here. So my son's at home, my husband's out, he's trying to work from home. Well, he works from home, but trying to work, get into meetings, do everything. I'm trying to get everything done, cook, clean, work, do Mm. everything. And then you quickly realize how, I mean, I've always known it, that my nanny is the love of my life because I can't Mm. live without her. (laughs) Not even more so now, Shem. So she's at home, but... Luke is sleeping and uh, let's hope he stays asleep for a while because we need the break. Here's the thing. We shouldn't be afraid to say that we're not the only ones raising our children because you can't do it on your own. That's, That's the truth. And the reason we have these podcasts and conversations is so that we can get experts in to support us, you know, because other than having your mom in law or your mom or sisters or pums in my house or, you know, I'm a working mom and, and in my case, yeah. I do raise all my daughters. Uh, my one's 19, the other one's eight and six. I raise all my daughters knowing that that mommy works so that we can do nice things. Yeah. You know? But today yeah. we're talking. My son actually was... asked me the other day. Oh, sorry. No, no, yeah. no. Go for it. Your son was asking you. He was saying to me the other day, he says, mommy, because every time I go, to, I, I travel a lot for work. And he'll say to me, mommy, are you going on a plane to Joburg again? And I oh. say, yes, please don't go. Well, I have to go. Mommy has to go. I have to work. And he always mm-hmm. says, okay. And I always say to him, well, what happens? What do you know for sure? Mommy's going to come back. That's the only thing I ever tell him because then right. at least he is feeling a little bit more secure in things. 
What does your job as a motoring journalist entail? I mean, do you get to drive new cars all the time? Yep. So I have what I always say to other people is your dream job, um, <laughs> even though it's not as glamorous as it always seems or appears to be. But yeah, so I test drive any new car that's launched um, in South Africa um, that comes to market. So I either attend the launch here in South Africa, sometimes an international launch before it comes to South Africa. And then every week I get a new test car to drive for the week, which I then review. Um, so, yeah. She says that like it's not every week I get a test. <laughs> what are you driving at the moment? So, oh, well, I mean, typical. So I was about to say I haven't owned a car myself in 15 years because I've had a new test car every single week. And today, because of the taxi strike, is the first time ever that a car has gone, a test car, which was a Mitsubishi Outlander. I meant to be getting a Lexus UX, but because of the taxi strike, there's no drivers to bring the car. So today is the first time that I'm in 15, 16 years of my career not had a test car. <laughs> I'm still stuck with a Lexus. I was actually in one the other day. Beautiful car. It's massive though, right? Massive car, but total. Yeah, well, the UX is smaller. The RX is the huge, huge one. Yes. Like SUV one. Yeah. The UX is still lovely. Family sized car. Well, family sized. It's a tricky word that I think. <laughs> Speaking of which, we weren't sure what to title today, whether it is Mommy and Cars, Newborns and Cars, The Ideal Car for My Family, um, whether it is, what should I buy on a budget? Especially, so Let me start with this. When having a baby, because three years ago you had one, do we have to buy a new car just because we need to fit a pram? So it's so interesting. Before my son came to me, I... I thought I knew what I was saying when I was reviewing cars and giving moms and dads advice, right? I was like, oh, you know, you know, you can put a car seat, it's got ISOFIX and the boot's big enough and you're good to go. Then Luca arrived and I realized how ignorant I had been. However, I've also come to learn that because I have a different car every week, I just have to make it work. And people, you can just sort of make it work. If you're in the privileged position to be able to buy a new car that's going to be more suitable to your needs, then absolutely. So, I mean, if you've got something like a two-seater coupe or even like a small mini, you know, I would think maybe you want something a little bit bigger, a little bit more spacious. And also, I think there's a physical element to it. So, I figured this out with Luca. When I didn't have sort of a nice-sized SUV, and it could even be a sort of a compact SUV, if the car is too high or too low, getting him in and out of that car seat is exhausting. So I was always like, I want a car that is like level to my sort of midriff where I can just put him in and take him out. And it's not no lifting, no, you know, picking up like this or whatever. So those sort of things are something to consider. But again, it's always like everything in the world dependent on budget. <laughs> So at one point, do you change your car? You've got what you think is a reasonable budget. Um, you and partner have decided that we are going to upgrade or downgrade our ride. Uh, I must say, in my case, it was always a semi-grade because I literally <laughs> went from uh, five doors to just bigger boot space, but nothing out of my budget range. Um, how do you know that, okay, it is time to make the decision to buy a new car? 
Okay. So, I, and I say this to, to anybody who comes to me for car buying advice is, um, you know, whether you're becoming a parent or not or anything is never, ever go above your means. A car is not worth it. Um, so if your budget is say 300,000 rand, make sure that everything fits into that, your insurance, being able to buy new tires, maintenance, service plans, everything, because in case they're not um, included in the price of the car. So I always just say to people, consider that first and foremost, and then research. So just sit there doing your research going, okay, this is the car that I have at the moment. It's not working in terms of this, this, and this. My needs are this, this, and this. What kind of car fits that? And then you go out and looking for it. Um, but I think the biggest mistake I see people make is they buy something that they love not what they can afford. <laughs> and there's the problem often. <laughs> so mommy to be, uh, parents to be, daddies to be, uh, the new family. So we want something reliable uh, that's also comfortable and practical. All right. So we now know that we need to research. We also need to look at budget. But let's, for instance, say um, we want to start looking. Where do you actually start? So do you, do you first look at color of the vehicle? Do you look at uh, whether I can afford tires? Like if we had to backtrack and you start your search in looking for the ultimate car for your family, where do we start? Right. Okay. So I think, like you say, you know, know what you, your needs are, because that's going to always be the most important thing. Do you need to be by four? Do you kind of just need to go on gravel a bit here and there? Do you, um, you know, have dogs as well? And you want like a sort of a car that you don't have to worry too much about. My, my sort of thing then is to go, I often go into that. And I, I mean, I don't like to mention them just because whatever, but say any car buying site, right? So you're, Auto traders, cars.coza, any of those. And they've got, they often have these very cool tools like um, cars.coza has, Compatel. And you just go onto it and you type in, like, say you look at Suzuki and you type in, you know, Vitara, and then you can you put it up against sort of its competitors and it has all the specs lined up next to it. And I love that it kind of, kind of like, say, for an instance, boot space, you're going, okay, great, this one's actually got a bigger boot, this one's smaller here, but this one's got a better service plan. So you do it in comparison to that. It sounds like a lot of work, and it is, but it is such an important and such a big buy that I think it's worth the time to take. Otherwise, I say you come to me, you ask me, I give you all of the <laughs> options, and then you go and test drive them. <laughs> but you said something important, that we part with our money so quickly, you know, and this is a big buy. It's a very important buy when it comes to a family. Um, I always joke with the notion, and here at Baby Brunch, you know, everyone who's pregnant always feels that the kitchen needs to be changed. We need to upgrade the car. You know, baby needs a room, and you go, no, but they're not going to go anywhere, so why do they need a whole nursery, you know? I'm not yeah. the type of person that feels that baby needs a whole new nursery just because there's a new baby. Like I want my kids quite close by, so I'm not building a new nursery. So thanks for also putting that in our chat today about that. This is a really big decision. So spend your time on, on, um, on purchasing this vehicle for the family. Let's quickly, what do we avoid? So your husband is going through an early midlife crisis and he really wants the red car with, <laughs> with, <laughs> <laughs> two doors, one boot to the three doors, you know, and, and actually you just need something practical. Is there anything completely that we need to avoid? I also say this because I know of a family and I feel so much because they bought a secondhand vehicle. 
it has been giving them a lot of problems and baby is already here. Oh, you see, so I think, so there's two sides to that. I think if you're buying new, do you know, again, avoid the cars that are just completely impractical in terms of space, et cetera, because it's just not going to work. You might love it. You might love the look of it, but you know, having a child is life altering and difficult enough as it is. You don't need your car making your life more difficult. So just go with what's easy and don't have these perceptions of this, like, well, I'm not going to look like a school, you know, soccer mom or I'm going to, Oh my gosh, you're not going to care about that when it's just so easy and, and blissful to be driving the car and putting your kids in and out of it. And um, from a second hand point of view, that's always obviously the trickiest thing because and in fact, you know, before I go on to that, it can happen with new cars. You can sometimes just buy a lemon. It just happens. Um, so it's hard to avoid that. Obviously, you're never going to know. But when it comes to secondhand, you need to buy from somebody reputable. Um, research them. Again, research is so key. Like get onto Hello Peter, get onto Facebook, get onto anywhere that you can find reviews about a certain place. And then as well, I think just ensure that the car that you're buying um, sort of has things like a full service history. And even if it is out of warranty, because a lot of people are terrified to buy a car that's not, um, obviously, because it's going to cost you more money in the end. But sometimes your budget can only stretch that far. If you need more space, you're going to have to go for something older, um, maybe with more mileage. But if it's had all its services, you know, and it's with a reputable, you know, seller, you shouldn't well, technically you shouldn't have any problems. So I think again, it just, it really comes down to like doing your, your homework when it comes to looking for a car. Okay. So help me with my homework. I want you to list some brands. So I'm looking for a mommy car entry level, please. Um, I want to buy mm-hmm. the new and I want enough boot space because most of the prams can fold up reasonably now. And I must say, most of us yep. are in the secondhand market for prams. I don't know of many people that are buying new prams at the moment. So, you know, maybe just a stroller needs to be able to fit into the boot. Um, I want to add maybe some smash and grab because uh, it, it makes me feel safer when I think about it, whether it works or not, who knows. Uh, what are we looking at? So give me some examples. Uh, what what should I buy? So um, if your budget, I'm going to say something like, I don't know, say maybe under 300. Okay. So I'm just giving right. it like a budget buy because those nowadays 300,000 doesn't actually go very far when it comes to cars. But what we now have are some really great uh, budget compact SUVs and that you've got like the Suzuki, Vitara, Brezza, um, the Toyota Urban Cruiser, which actually happened to be the exact same car. Um, not the brand new Toyota Urban Cruiser, though, however, because that's actually now an, a bigger car. But the Suzuki and Toyota teamed up. And someone actually said this the other day, and I thought, oh, I need to correct them. They think that all Suzukis are Toyotas, and it's not the case. They've done a collaboration where a lot of the Suzukis, Toyotas, put their badge on and said, actually, like the Suzuki Beleno, for instance, which is also actually a lovely budget, but it's, a, it's more the sedan. It's got a boot and everything. Um, and the, the Starlet, the Toyota Starlet, are exactly the same car, but it's actually a Suzuki-built car. So those are, like, again, sorry, back to the compact SUVs, though. They are, I think, the cars that are going to be more family-oriented, they're not massive, but their boots are generally big enough that you can fit a pram in, 
you know, a couple of grocery bags and, and, and whatever. You're not going to be taking the family away potentially with like my sort of luggage packing. Because um, there's but, my budget. Um, you've, you've already spent my budget, out. so I don't want <laughs> – there's I no budget that. left to yeah. take the family on holiday because I'm buying a car. Okay, so list them for me. Yes. Okay, so then you've got Renault Kaige is going to be your cheapest entry-level compact budget sort of SUV. Not the best, uh, but for the price that you're paying, not horrific. Um, you've got a Kia Sonnet. Also fantastic. In fact, I made my mom buy one. Um, I believe in that car so much. Uh, it feels well built. It feels sturdy. All of these cars as well, which is something to always consider, obviously, is the safety features. They all have the basic safety features that I think I would require for myself buying a car, especially if I've got my baby in my car. Um, and one of those things is electronic stability electronic stability control. You might find a lot of budget cars like the Kia Picanto and everything, Renault Quid. A lot of them didn't have that. Their entry-level ones didn't have, have that. And it's such an important safety feature. So if you're looking at a car, just make sure it's got that. Um, obviously, when you're going up a little bit more, you can look at things like a Volkswagen T-Cross, always fab, lovely boot space, if you like Polo, if you like all BW fans, obviously the country loves Volkswagen and Toyota for that matter, then the T-Cross is going to be fab. But I, I think also, like I said just now, I wish people would take the sort of brand or the image out of their minds because something even like there's a Polo sedan, for instance, and or Polo Viva sedan, and it's such a fab little car, but people don't like hatchbacks or sedans anymore. They only want SUVs but you find these cars to actually be more practical. The boots are bigger. Um, there's more leg room in the car. They just tend to actually drive really well because we used to love them. There was nothing wrong with them. We just went SUV crazy. But I would say in terms of the, oh, and actually even cheaper is something like a Suzuki Swift. Um, that for me is the, so the 200,000 Rand mark. Uh, where if you're really on a budget, um, it's still got, they've got the desire. I think it used to be, they've st it's got a boot, even the hatch. It's just a fabulous and safe little car for a family. So if we talk about safety features, um, I missed it earlier. What are we looking for? So what, what should our cars, if you're going to buy an SUV or an entry-level SUV, what safety features should it have? Okay, so the electronic stability control is the big one that just makes sure that the car sort of maintains its control like often if you swerve out of the ro road for something the car can flip and roll and whatever electronic stability control ensures that doesn't happen it just right. helps you control the car better and especially like in wet roads and stuff i just think it's so important to have um obviously airbags you're going to get your usual like front you know driver and passenger like it must at least have those i would say um ABS brakes, again, like all of these are generally on these cars. Um, you'd have to be very budget, very old, old uh, models for, for them not to have these. But sort of like ABS with EBD, it just makes sure that if you're braking harshly, the car's not going to skid for days. Um, and I think if you can even go up a little bit, things like um, there's like uh, adaptive cruise control or forward collision warning because parents are distracted all the time with your baby in the back. Do you know, like they've dropped a bottle or you, there's a dummy or you're doing this. And so as much as I want to say, always keep your eyes on the road, let's be practical. We can't. Um, something like forward collision warning or even adaptive cruise control and everything just means that you're not going to be driving to someone in front of you because 
the car will break for you or warn you that there's a car in front of you, you know, it will beep or do something, which I think is like really fantastic. And then some of them have this as well, which is rear traffic or rear cross traffic alert, which is sort of when you're reversing out of a car, a parking space, it lets you know if there's a car coming behind you. And again, you're talking to baby, you're trying to keep them quiet. You can't, you know, you're trying to, I don't know, again, you're distracted and you just all of a sudden, you know, hit a car that's driving past you. And then of course, rear parking or actually front and rear parking sensors, I think helps anybody, parents or not, um, just so that you're not hitting, you know, any, you know, small stones behind you or a pillar or whatever, which is just helpful in, you know, maintaining like safety all around, especially when you've got a little human in the car. Do we take into account the insurance on these vehicles that we are trying to obtain? I mean, is there a catch-22? The the car is costing, uh, uh, let's say, uh, affordable or cheaper, but the insurance is sky high. Um, should we look out for I any mean, of those um, pitfalls? So it, it shouldn't be. So if you are currently currently with an insurer and you're buying a car and they want to skyrocket that insurance shop around insurance is super competitive. So you will always be able to get them down. I did it years ago. For, I can't remember what it was for, but I just basically paid these insurance companies off each other until eventually I got the price that I was willing to pay. I think a lot of us just accept what we're given, accept a quote and actually we're the customer. They want our business. So go in there saying, you know, I bought this car. It's not worth that you know, that much or, or what you're considering it to be. And also shop around and chat to friends, ask them how much they're paying for the insurance and then who their insurer is and go to them. There's, there's a lot of controversy around kids on car seats, not buckling up, um, safety around uh, childs in, in, in safety seats. I know that this is not that conversation, but this is an ask. And so I'm wondering, do we put the uh, baby seat on the passenger side. If we do, do we deactivate passenger, the, the airbags? Do we leave them at the back? What's the rule of thumb as a motoring journalist? And I don't want to say opinion. I want to say what's the rule around uh, baby seats on the, on the passenger seat next to you? So years ago, I was um, editor of a, of a magazine called Women on Wheels, and we did a whole article on this. And I got an expert in who who deals with car seats and she actually takes them secondhand ones and then you know gives them to the to the less privileged or whatever and it's interesting because there's one school of thought that says absolutely fine put the baby in the passenger the front passenger seat i would say 90 percent of us and people and experts will say don't put them in the back um and obviously rear facing uh, until there's a certain weight, I think it is as well. And often it tells you on the car seat and then turn them around. Um, so for me, it just does feel safer for, you know, that they're not sort of on that dashboard. Yes. And you turn the airbag off fine, but then you don't have an airbag cushioning anything either. You know, it's just a, for me, feels a little bit more vulnerable mm -hmm. than being in the back seat. But I think, a huge thing and a lot of people don't realize is if you've got other other kids or other people in the car, especially in the back, regardless, if they're not in car seats, if they're old enough, maybe not to be, is just have the, make sure they've got a seatbelt on because that's the most sort of dangerous thing within the car is a person who's not buckled in because they can fly around and cause more damage than, you know, 
than anything because everything else is stuck to the car. You know, you've got a human with a very heavy head flying around that car. Just everybody strapped in is going to be your safest bet regardless. I never thought about it that way, but that's, I like being scared into obeying rules, you know? And so we buckle up anyway, but that's because the law says so. But when you explain it like that, I think it's, it's an even better reason to do it. If you had no budget at all as a motoring journalist, as a mom, (laughs) as the best in the world, as the lady (laughs) on the road, what would you buy? What would you get? SUV, so it's funny, I SUV, mommy car, oh, SUV, SUV, mommy car, get your diesel on. <laughs> so Pull your I would, I would like back the whole SUV thing and go. So if I had to get an SUV, it would probably be something like an Audi Q8, um, you know, or an uh, like maybe a, a BMW X5 just because I quite love them and they're simple. I'm quite simple. I don't need like all the pomp, but actually my ideal car would be an Audi RS4 um, because it's got the bigger boot. It's got the performance. So you can absolutely have the best time driving that car. It's so fun. I think it looks cool. I think it's underrated, it's understated. If I ever see your mom, your mom and dad driving one, I always want to just give them like a high five. Be like, you know, if you know, you know, and they know. You know, like, because everybody's going SUV. I'm like, go Audi RS4. It's amazing. Well, you know what? You did say X5 at some stage. And I visited my good friends at BMW. And I want to raise you one. I went to go and check out the X7. Hey, guys. So as part of our search for the ultimate mommy mobile, we are visiting BMW. Why? Because I happen to drive one and because they have really amazing cars. In fact, today I got to test drive the X7 and next to me is Rice. Hey, Rice. How are you doing? How's it going? (laughs) So tell me about the new X7 quickly. So we've got the new X7. This is the LCI, which is the facelift. Um, It is a real mommy's car if you've got a couple of kids. Um, It's a seven-seater, a true seven-seater. But it's almost too fast for a mommy car. I mean, I drove it today and I must tell you, I went really fast. Yes, I know, definitely. Well, we've got, you've got the, you actually got the V8. Uh, this is the uh, the slower version, if we can call it that. Um, it's the 40D, it's a diesel. So it would probably be better for a family that uh, doesn't have a, a, a strong foot like Ilana here. <laughs> so about the X7, because I mean, I have my eye on this, but my purse doesn't because it's just too expensive. <clears throat> but what is the best quality uh, about the X7? It's our premium SUV. This is basically the biggest car that we've built and uh, the the height of our technology um, and basically fuel efficiency as well. Can it fit a pram? Can fit five prams. (laughs) (laughs) How many kids can I transport in the X7? Well, it's a seven-seater. So, I mean, you know, safely we'll say, you know, you and six other children. Um, So, yeah, so plenty. You can have a kid's party in there, basically. (laughs) (laughs) BMW says... BMW says, come and see Ross Pendley for the best deal. Oh, look at him. This is Baby Brunch. This is the X7. And that was Ross. And uh, whatever you do, buckle up and drive safely. No one wants to think of any unfortunate situation. Um, I was told in previous podcasts and conversations that uh, if you've got a baby stick on your car, you are less likely to be hijacked because the perpetrator does not want to deal with a kidnapping issue. They actually just want your car. When it comes to cars and choosing them for that reason, you know, you don't want to be a target Mm. 
Um, which colors are we looking at and what do we avoid? So it's an interesting conversation because, uh, you know, specifically Joburg, I mean, I think Cape Town and stuff isn't, the stats aren't as high, not to say they aren't bad, but they're not as high. But I know, you know, you've got to look at Volkswagen, Polo, Toyota, Fortuna and stuff are, are big sort of hijack cars. Um, and so everybody says avoid them. And the, the problem for, with this for me in a way is that you've got to consider that the amount that they're selling every month, like Polo's in, you know, thousand something, you know, Fortune's probably around the same. It just means that then, you know, their numbers are skewed that they will be the more hijacked cars because they've sold more. That's what there's more to hijack in a way. On the other side of that coin, it means that they also blend in and are easier to hijack. So my sort of suggestion here is whenever I've suggested Polo to anybody sort of in Joburg, they're like, no, thanks. I'm like, okay, then look at the alternatives. Look at a Kia Rio, look at something else rather. And also the colors, and it's so hard because the colors you should be buying, maybe for resale value or for safety reasons in terms of being seen, a white, a light gray, et cetera, are the ones that are mostly hijacked. So, so it's like a catch 22 in what you are. My, my suggestion Master Drive, I know I, I've done a, I've done a lot of work with them over the years, back in the day or whatever. They have some amazing tips for if you're in that situation. I'm sure we've all heard them and read about them, but one that sort of stuck with me was if you if your child is with you in the car and etc. And especially if you've got two kids and they're both sitting at the back, is if you get and you let hopefully they allow you to get your child out is you put your car, your leg, sorry, in the seat, in the passenger, behind the passenger seat, put your leg in while you're taking your child out of the thing. So that if they drive off, you get thrown into the car as well. And then also at that same time, you can reach over and get the other child and sort of put, so you kind of with them the whole time. Don't just stand outside of the car and sort of unbuckle them, like almost place yourself in the car with them. Um, I just, like you said, I hope that the baby sticker thing is a fact because that would be amazing if that is a deterrent, but it's not to say it is, I guess. I don't know. How important is Isofix? I remember when, you know, eight years ago when I had my first baby, they said Isofix and I said, where do I buy this? You know, where do I find yeah. it? <laughs> At the time, I thought the about, <laughs> not all of our yeah, guys had them. it. No. no. So we were like, and Isofix. And it's a myth that, that it's safer. So nowadays, I would say 99.9% .9 of cars come from with Isofix, from budget, budget buyers right up to, you know, I mean, I was in like a like an Audi TT, like a coupe, and they have Isofix in the back. And I don't even know how, you can't even get into that. In fact, I did try, I did a video with my son. I tried to get him in the back, it was terrible. But um, Isofix isn't safer than the, you know, standard, old school babies, basically the seatbelt chairs. Um, they're just more convenient. And I say that when I have to take out my baby seat every single week and put it into a new car every single week. And it is the bane of my existence. It's, it's such a pain. And I have isofix seats. And I did that for that reason was that because I thought it was going to be easier. But I say this to a lot of people who, who are looking for car seats and or a car take the car seat with you. If you're only going to put it in once and it's going to stay for a long time, that's fine. But some people have one car seat that goes between maybe mom and dad's car or dad and dad, like whatever. But I just, some cars make it so difficult to 
click them in to the little isofix hooks. Um, so much so that I've phoned the manufacturers and been like, what is happening? Like, this is not on. You've already got a mom or dad who's stressed out and now you can't get a car in, uh, the car seat in. It's like a nightmare. So I would just say what I did when I, when I was looking, when Luca was coming to us, I went to Baby City and I told them I wanted to take the seats and I put them into my husband's car and I checked which one was the easiest to do. And I actually based my buying on that and then drove off. And about three days later, I was like, this is driving mad because it rattled like anything. So I took it back and I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not having this. And then I got a new one because I was like, I'm going to go crazy. You've already got a crying baby, baby. But you say this because I remember shopping for the current seat that we had. And in order to put baby in the car, I actually... I bargained with the lady at Baby City in Belleville. I was like, listen, I'm going to give you my ID. Then I'm going to fetch my baby from school. And I need her to like the seat first and not be able to get out of it because she knew at the time how to, to get her armies out. And only then I will come back and buy it. And she was like, okay, sure. So I left my ID. She didn't know who I was. I wasn't famous. I was just a mom in there. And you know, that's how we all do things. Mm -hmm. And I left there with their seat. And when I saw that she actually fits in it and liked it and that it doesn't rattle, mm. uh, I went back, I gave mm. back their seat. I took my ID and I bought a car seat. And That's it happened so to be, you see, yeah, but it happened to be one that grew with her, you know? So now that baby is yeah. six. So um, I hear what you're saying. When, when you like are, go in and, and, and ask for it, when you are reviewing your, your vehicles, do you do you ever think about practicality like like filling it with more things? Like I've got lotions in my car and wet wipes and all kinds of things. As a mom driving a car, what else can you give us in terms of tips to prepare our car to be the ultimate baby mobile for our little ones to make sure that it's equipped? Um, I've left the bottle at home many times. Um, including mm. the formula. So baby was back on breast and it worked, you know, and then that's how you improvise. But how, <laughs> what tips can you give us to fill our car with, to make sure that our car is, is the best drive for our babies? So, uh, gosh, I find this so, you know, okay. So wet wipes, you mentioned that. I think that's like the most underrated thing in the world. I, like I love a wet wipe because they are just, I use them for everything. Um, and obviously also like tissues and everything, but a tip that someone gave me, which was, which was really good to have besides those, um, you buy them at like, I think you can get them at like those Chinese stores and stuff where they're like little compartmenty things, you know, and you pop them in the boot and you, you have all your little quickies as my husband would say, like in one of the things that was really cool is a, you know, like the, doggy training pads. They're just like, they're almost like a nappy, but they're thin. You put them on the floor is have that. So especially when your babies are potty training is put them in the car seat. So that if they ever have an accident, it never wets the car seat. And it was like life changing for me. I've got a boy and not amazing when it comes to potty training. <laughs> and I couldn't handle like, now you must try and wash the car seat. It's hard to wash those things. So you just put one of those in. And even if you just always have one in, even if they're not potty training, just because of all the mess and everything, if you like a, maybe like me, most people might not care. I'm like a, I'm a hectic about cleaning and stuff. So for me, it's just so nice to have those. Um, and then I always had, 
I mean, I'd have them in the back also, put them into a different car, in like a little cooler box. Not that it was a cooler box. It's just like one of those silver Woolies things. It's like a squish you know, or like a, you know, those like things that they like to, like a, it's like purity, I guess, but in like a squishy thing. Right. And then so if they were ever like hungry or whatever, I'd just be like, oh, I've got one of these. And also kept them entertained for a while. So I'm like mm. always like a, a good like snack that is going to not – perish in a car. So it depends on the season, right? You don't grow stuff there in summer. Um, but the doggy pads and then any toy that doesn't require batteries, because you've got batteries, it's noisy, it's going to drive you crazy. Don't have that. <laughs> some of the things, toy, it's, it's funny that you say this. So some of the things that I did for a very long time, and especially on flats as well, I would tie the girls' toys to a string so that when they dropped it, I would just pull the string up, right? So that was Never. quite I also had a mirror on there. So um, it was nice to to tie a, a mirror to the string. And I laughed at your, your doggy liner trick now. It's actually called, uh, you, can, you, you can use a bed liner. It's called bed liners. So uh, oh, really? yes, I'm going to use them. But they, you're right. It does double up as a doggy pad. You get one for dogs who are doggy yeah. training, uh, 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 pee yeah. training, potty training, poo-poo training, yeah. poopity-poop training. House training? House training. I thought of another thing I did. I used to put a dummy. I always had dummies in the cubby hole so that you could just, do you know if they, I don't know. So if they, Jules, I don't know. It's crazy. my thing. My eh? actually, <laughs> what a dummy. In, sounds a bit dodgy, doesn't it? I, <laughs> is this a different podcast? <laughs> I get you. I get you. I see where you're going with it. <laughs> to get back to the ultimate car for our newborns and our babies, summarize it for us. Take us through it. Okay, so I am looking for fuel efficiency. I'm looking for the right color. I'm looking for the right vehicle. Give me some suggestions and you can go brand crazy. What are we looking for? Okay, so I'm going to say from up to something like a Ford Everest, the new one, because it's amazing and it's massive and it's got seven seats, but you're looking at it over a mill, but that's fine. Um, for other cars that are seven seats as well, which I always think are um, they like my base because you can put the seats down and you don't need them for all the kids or whatever, but it's something like a Mitsubishi Outlander or a Toyota Rimeon or Renault Triber is the cheapest one. Um, a seven-seater, kind of look a bit like an Uber driver, but again, just think of the practical side of things. Um, and then on the sort of popular side of SUVs that I love, one of my favorite cars on the market and one that I constantly um, recommend is a Kia Sportage. Uh, it's a fantastic car. Had one. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, oh, yay, yay. Okay. Um, so if you like that, then also the Mazda CX-5 is also fantastic. Volkswagen Tiguan, always a winner. And if you are on a budget um, and you just want a car that's going to, you know, from an after-sales point of view, reliable and everything, the brand is Suzuki. Anything Suzuki you're going to be happy with. They are fantastic products. Um, and then I know everybody's a little bit apprehensive, but a lot of the Chinese car brands that are now like the Cherry Tigos and the Havel Jolian, um, they all the most value for money cars that you're going to buy on the market at the moment. The only drawback is their fuel consumption is high. If that isn't too much of a problem for you, you honestly won't get you like, it's like more the most car you're going to get for your money. Um, 
So I would say those are, yeah, I think Suzuki. And also actually another fantastic, if you can get your hand on one, is a Toyota Corolla Cross. And if you get a hybrid, but they're like hen's teeth. There's just such a waiting list and they're so fantastic. It's such a good car, but people are struggling to get them, I think. What has been your closest shave to an accident as a mom with your baby in the car? And how can we prevent that everyone else, um, that it happens to any of us? So, I mean, I don't have one that stands out, but I, I know that there are moments where it's, and it's when I'm quite distracted, um, when I've turned back to him, when he's done something, whether it's dropped something or I picked it up, which I've now tried to stop doing. I've kind of just gone like, well, you're going to have to wait till, he, till I stop the car. It's that. It's sort of driving and turning back and, you know, either not seeing a car in front of you break or I, I see this with a lot of parents actually when I'm driving and I'm just seeing them driving in front of me is when they turn, they tend to take the steering wheel with them and kind of swerve across the lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and the worst thing I think we can do, and I will admit that I've done it, is to not check my phone, but do something on my phone. So whether it's, you know, trying to get Spotify to get, you know, like a, a nursery rhyme on. And it's why there's things like Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, Bluetooth or whatever, just make sure you have it connected and voice control because even doing that for like a second can just make all the difference. And it freaks me out and I've had to stop doing it because you get that moment where you're like, oh, oh gosh, like you almost drove into the pavement, you know, yeah. or whatever. So there's just like certain little things like, because that was the one thing I wanted to mention earlier is features. Like they're not all necessary, but there are some that are just going to make it a bit easier. And something like that, like Apple CarPlay, or having your your phone connected makes a difference from a safety point of view. So, so what I can contribute is I always have a charger in my car because for some reason I always run out of battery on my phone and uh, I drive at night often or I'll be on school run with the girls and everyone is always looking for me. So I don't want anyone to worry. The other thing is my two closest shaves were transporting other people's children because even though my kids know not to open the doors while we're driving, it's happened twice. Where my my goodness, where other children were being in, were being transported in our car and they have opened a car door because the car door wasn't on child lock. And oh, that's scary. And my dad always says this. He says, my, 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 my father is a very um, good person. He's my favorite person in the whole world, but he's also very mm. safety and rule conscious. And my dad says, don't you find when you are not on your natural path, that's when the hand of God leaves you. <laughs> and now I said to him, <sighs> what do you mean? And he says, you know, sometimes you will give someone a lift and it's not the usual road that you will drive. And that's where you will find that mistakes wait for you. Or when in wow. my case, I'm transporting someone else's kid and it's not planned Ooh. and it happens to be, and you know, you're so used to habits that that's the time mm-hmm. when you make the most mistakes because you're not in the habit. And my wish for all of us who are able to drive a vehicle is, is basically that, that, that we will be in the habit of safety, all of us, including me and you and, and everyone who's listening to this podcast, but that we will be in the habit of also being able to be adaptable to rules so that when things or circumstances change, that we will actually be able to apply what we have learned all these years 
in our anti-hijack mm. courses, in our advanced driving and with our fathers and with K53 and I don't know what else, but that would be able to apply <laughs> it in, in that exact situation. Um, before mm. I go, how do you feel about children standing on car seats? Standing on them, like while they're driving. Well, not while they're driving, while parents are driving. No, that like it does by head it. Or when they're standing in between the driver's seats and the people are driving. Oh my goodness. I want to stop and well, get quite violent with those parents <laughs> because I just don't think that people understand first how quickly it happens. But like I said, like the, the most sort of damaging thing in a car is a loose human that will fly through that windscreen so quickly. And it was so avoidable. Like it was so avoidable. Gosh, that yeah, get my blood boiling actually on the drive now. <laughs> Okay, Jules, okay. I am done with you, but okay, where can we see you? Okay, so I have got a YouTube channel, which I review the cars that I drive every week that goes up onto a video. Yes. Um, I speak a lot about fuel consumption, space, the car seat, all the stuff that drives me crazy. Um, and then obviously on all social media, but one thing is, I've also got a website, um, but the one thing is just to contact me. I, I, it's one of my favorite things is giving people car buying advice because when I was younger, when I was a young girl, like it was a hard industry to be in. It was a hard thing to go buy a car because you were so intimidated by the salesmen and whatever. And, and thankfully times have changed a bit, but I love that I can give people an unbiased opinion because I'm not paid by any manufacturers. They give me nothing. So I can say what I want. In fact, I've been banned by one or two of them for being too honest. Um, but you know that you're going to get an honest opinion about a car. Um, but I'll also just take your needs into consideration and go like, here are like a couple of suggestions and then go and drive them. Like don't buy a car without driving it. Never do that. Just drive the car and then let me know which one you chose. Cause then I feel very happy. And then I send it to the manufacturer and go, ha do you see how valuable I am? <laughs> well, you are very valuable for this and more podcasts. You can visit babybrunch.co.za. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores.